thinking of a master plan. Death with the record. Death with the record. Thinking of a master plan. All right, welcome everybody to Studio B. I am your host, Pastor MDH. The M is for Marcus, the D is for Dwayne, the H is Omen. Thank you for joining us here on the set of Studio B. We greatly appreciate you watching and following. Make sure that no matter where you're watching us from, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube, that you like, follow, subscribe, comment, so that you don't miss an episode of Studio B. And then I also want you to go to wherever you access your podcast from, Apple, Spotify, Pandora, Google, search Studio B, give us a like, follow and subscribe on that platform as well uh, so make sure that you stay in the loop today is December the 28th 2020 man you are just a few days away from a brand new year you made it we almost made it you ain't quite made it we ain't uh, quite crossed over the threshold yet but uh, we are almost got 2020 in the books and oh my gosh 2020, please go away and don't ever come back again. Uh, I know it's been a long year for a lot of us. It's been tumultuous. It's been ups and downs, highs and lows. It's been laughs. It's been cries. It's been all of these particular things that we've had to deal with this year. And man, it has been one for the ages. But I'm so thankful, man, that we are now standing on the cusp of a brand new year. Because remember, when we all thought that it was never going to end, and here we are coming to the end. That is a testimony of God's faithfulness and how he is able to keep us even through very challenging times, even in times like COVID-19, political unrest, and all of the stuff that has been going on this year. And so as you look at 2020 in your own personal life, I want to ask some questions of you on this podcast today. What have you learned? What have you learned of yourself? What kind of lessons will you pull from this year? What kind of lessons do you want to get better at that you reveal that 2020 has revealed some cracks or some kinks in your armor, uh, some stuff that we now have to deal with? What has uh, 2020 shown you this year? Uh, because God didn't allow us to come through this year and enter into another one without taking some lessons from this year. And so what's the lessons? What's the takeaways? Uh, one of the things that I've been talking about in my own life and my family's life, um, just as life as a Christian, is, man, my, t my faith has been so pivotal for me this year. I have really learned, really, really learned to appreciate and lean on my faith in ways that I will be quite honest with you that I haven't before. Um, this year has driven me closer to the throne room of God. It has driven me uh, deeper into my studies. My prayer life has increased. Praise God for that. I've seen my family come together in ways and not just my immediate family, but even my extended family, even through the midst of COVID-19 and all that is going on. So as I look back on 2020, I'm able to pull some lessons from 2020 to help me in my future life. And one of the things that I personally do and everybody in my immediate family, Team Holman, we do that. Uh, we do what's called a MAP, uh, M-A-P. And a MAP is standing for a Master Action Plan. Now, let me make a few distinctions here. A Master Action Plan is not a bunch of New Year's resolutions that you don't plan on keeping. It is not you sitting in the mirror saying, I'm going to lose 100 pounds this year. It is not you saying, I'm going to do this and do that, but inwardly in your mind, you know you ain't got no uh, concerns about doing it. I'm not talking about making New Year's resolutions that typically don't stick. 
A map is a very concerted effort as looking at the previous year, taking lessons from that and then saying, what do I want to improve on for the upcoming year? And so our map, we've been doing this now since 2010, uh, when I was a financial rep at Northwestern Mutual, uh, my managing partner by the name of guy, by the name of Jeff Reeder was one of the most successful men that I've ever seen in business. Uh, this particular man was highly successful um, in the financial services industry. And as he would do um, um, associate meetings every single morning, this man was unabashedly a Christian. Uh, He was unabashedly a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he would share his financial success and principles and merge them with the biblical worldview. And one of the things that he taught us early on in my career at uh, Northwestern in 2010 was how to develop a map, a master action plan. He would say, take what you want to do, segment your life in six particular segments, and then say how you want to get better in these particular areas of your life. And so a map is a master action plan. And then he says, after you do that, you need to develop a theme for the year. Now, in 2020, well, in 2019, my family, we typically start to work the master action plan around September, and we try to have it complete by the second week of December. So we got about three months to kind of play with some ideas and and look back at the previous year and pull some highs and some lows, some stuff that we wanted to do this year that we didn't get around to doing, some stuff we want to carry over to the following year. We also got some stuff on our master action plan that we just take off all entirely. So we usually start the process around September and then uh, solidify it or finalize it in the second week of um, December. And that way it gives us about two weeks to really kind of pray on it and really soak it before the Lord and then launch it on January the 1st of the following year. And so we've been doing this since 2020, excuse me, 2010. And so once you develop a master action plan, a map, MAP, you develop a theme for that year. And again, so you got September to December to kind of, you know, soak this stuff in prayer and kind of talk about with God, about what God wants to do in your life, and then develop a theme uh, that God lays up on your heart about what you want that year to look like. Uh, This year in 2020, now remember I did this in 2019, my theme for the year was freedom. And it was live your life to the fullest of God's expectations of you. I wanted to live 2020 to the fullest of my capacity. I wanted to unleash God in my life. I wanted to trust God in areas that I hadn't trusted him before. I wanted to dive out into the deep. So I wanted to live my life to the fullest and fulfill God's expectations on my life. That's what I said in 2019, working on my map for 2020. And here comes 2020 with everything that I didn't know about when doing my map in 2019. And I want you to see, as I put these things on paper, notwithstanding COVID-19, political unrest, social unrest, all of the stuff that we've had to deal with, the stuff that God led me to do in this particular thing have come to pass in spite of COVID-19 and all the rest. So a master action plan is what keeps you disciplined. And here's one of the things that I encourage about a master action plan. It is one thing to say it. It's another thing to see it. You have to see your life on paper. 
You have to see your financial life on paper. You have to see what you're doing on paper. The book of Habakkuk says, or the book of, yeah, the book of Habakkuk says that you got to write the vision, make it plain. You have to write it. There's something about when you actually see something on paper that solidifies it in your mind and in your spirit. So a 2020 map or a, 2000, or a map in general has to come out of your head and come on paper. So I want to show you how to do this on, on, on today because I believe it is something that if you stick diligently to it, it will bless your life and bless your life abundantly. It will help you to live life on purpose and not by default. Live life by design and not just by default. Live life waking up every single day, having a task and an assignment to do in order to make yourself better and participate better in this world. This will help you out greatly. It does not mean that you're going to get and hit every single point. It gives you a framework. And this particular framework has got to be in front of your face every single day. So I have this particular map, 2020, in my office. It's in our prayer closet at home. It's in my Bible. I see it everywhere that I go. I have a smaller version that I keep in my wallet so that every place that I go, I have something to keep me on track. And so here's how I delegate my personal map, my master action plan. I segment my life in six different areas. One, and first, I segment my life spiritually. I ask myself, what do I want to do spiritually in the upcoming year? Secondly, I ask myself, what do I want to do for my family in the upcoming year? Thirdly, I say, what do I want to do intellectually for the upcoming year? Fourthly, I say, what do I want to do professionally in the upcoming year? Fifthly, I ask, what do I want to do financially for the upcoming year? And then the last one that I segment is, what do I want to do physically for the upcoming year? So I segment my life in six different segments. I put my life into six different segments and ask myself, what do I want to do in these six major categories that I've personally dissected my life? Now, you can have however many categories you want. You can name them however you want. But for me, this is palatable and it is workable when I'm able to separate my life into six different segments. So first I say, what do I want to do spiritually? And so the number one thing that I want to do spiritually, I have it here as a, as a subtopic, to grow in fellowship with God and increase my daily time in prayer. That's the number one thing that I want to do spiritually in 2020. Again, this is what I wrote in 2019. So I said for the upcoming year in 2020, the number one thing that I want to do is to grow in fellowship with God and increase my daily time in prayer. Now, that's the first segment of my life. And then I break down what that looks like. So how do I grow in fellowship with God and increase my daily time in prayer? Here's what I got. I got to devote 30 minutes a day in devotions. I got to start my day off with consecrated prayer and fellowship with God. I want to reread the entire Bible before December the 30th, 2020. I want to develop workbooks for Romans and biblical manhood. I want to attend the prayer line every single night at 10 o'clock in 2020. I want to study the scriptures. Now watch this. I got this parenthetically. I want to study the scriptures, not for teaching or preaching sake, but for personal enhancement. And then I want to engage at least 10 people a week in deliberate conversations about Christ. 
And so my overall spiritual segment is I want to grow in fellowship with God and increase in daily time in prayer. And then I have seven segments on how to achieve that. I got seven ways on how to achieve that. Now, as I look at these seven ways, I've missed three of them. So as I develop this particular map for 2020, I have missed three of these particular segments on what I wanted to do. I have not been able to attend the prayer line every night at 10 o'clock. I've got a majority of those calls in, but I've not been on it every single night in 2020. I have not developed the workbook for Romans and biblical work um, manhood. I've done it for Romans. I have not finished the uh, workbook for biblical manhood. And then thirdly, I have not reread the entire Bible uh, by December the 30th. Now, I think I'm on 42 books, so I got quite a bit to go in two weeks. Uh, I don't know if that's a goal that I, <laughs> that I need to try to undergo right now, but it looks like right now I'm going to miss that particular mark. Now, watch this. That's OK. It's OK if you write something down, but don't achieve it. The goal about a map is to keep you in the framework of accomplishing the assignments that gets you to your end goal and stop living life arbitrarily going from one thing to another without any purpose and or aim. So my first segment is spiritually that I want to grow in fellowship and increase my daily time in prayer. Now, I missed three segments, but I fulfilled four of them. I devote 30 minutes a day in devotions. I start my day off in consecrated uh, time with prayer. I studied the scriptures, not for personal, I mean, not for teaching or preaching sake, but for personal enhancement. That's a big one for preachers. I find that preachers can study the word and they study it diligently, but they study to preach or they study to teach. They don't study for personal enhancement. They study to articulate particular points that they bring out the text. And that is a sore spot for a lot of preachers. So what I said was, I wanted to study the scriptures, not for preaching or teaching sake, but for personal enhancement. Because if I study for personal enhancement first, my preaching and my teaching will become better. And then fourthly, the one that another one that I did, the fourth one that I achieved was to engage at least 10 people per week in deliberate conversations about Christ. That means having deliberate conversations, not saying God bless you, not saying, you know, all of these, you know, religious colloquialisms that we've got down to a science. I wanted to deliberately engage at least 10 people per week in conversations about Christ where I bring up his name for deliberate conversations. That is my outreach. That is my evangelism part to growing spiritually with God. I've been able to do that um, throughout 2020. So that's my first segment is spiritually. Now, again, you can segment these in however way that you uh, deem fit for your own particular life. My second one, which is very important to me, is family. And under this particular topic or under this particular segment, I have forsake not the family for ministry. Forsake not the family for ministry. Family is very important for me. That's my segment. Spiritual, God first, God, you are my source. I look to the hills from which cometh my help. All of my help comes from the Lord. My relationship with God is first and foremost. My second relationship, which is my ministry, ministry is my home. And that is my wife and my children. So my family is very, very, very important. 
And so I want that to be important in my life. So I got to make sure that I'm putting strategic uh, emphasis on that segment of my life. And so here's how I'm going to accomplish that. I got eight bullet points or eight ways that I'm going to try to accomplish forsaking not the family for ministry. One is taking at least three weekend trips with the entire family. And those are three days, you know, Thursday through Saturday, at least three of them out the year. Now, remember, this is 2019 that I that I put this list together. Take at least one major personal trip with my wife, Jamie, and this does not include missions. So taking at least one major trip with my wife that does not include a mission trip. Attend every single track meet for faith, support Junior, who loves to draw with art, um, Markayla, who's in college, and then Vinchelle, who's in college. Support all of my particular children in their fields of endeavor. So whatever they're enjoying doing, I want to make sure that I am there being the father, championing them on, rah-rahing them on, whatever what is in their heart to do. And then having family dinners at restaurants at least once a week, having family devotions together at least twice a week, having lunch with my mother every single week, reaching out to my biological father. Now watch this, reaching out to my biological father, I have in a parenthetical text with no expectations. And then to spend more time with my godchildren, that being McKenna, Nehemiah, and Autumn. So my second segment is family, forsaking not the family for ministry. And then I have eight ways that I'm going to try to accomplish that. Now, of the eight, I accomplished four. So I'm batting 50% on my family dynamic. So I'm going to carry three of these four over to 2021 because they are capable of being done. And I'm not going to lean on COVID as why I did not accomplish some of these things, but COVID is a reason why some of these were not accomplished. So the three weekend trips a year uh, that we did with the family, we were able to accomplish that. The one major personal trip with my wife, Jay, uh, I was not able to, and I'm talking about with my wife, Jay, and my wife, Jamie, and without the kids. I'm just talking about me and mama. Uh, we were not able to do that, even though we did a major family trip. I did not get a individual trip with my wife. Um, the attend every single track meet, that got put on hold because of COVID. So track got scrapped um, this year. Uh, support Junior and his artwork were able to do that. Uh, Markayla and then Vinchelle, we were able to do that as well. The family dinners at least once a week at a restaurant, which is what I'm talking about. Uh, we were not able to do that. And again, um, that had a lot to do with COVID restrictions. Um, having family devotions together at least twice a week. We were not able to accomplish that. We did it once a week, praise God. Um, and we did a lot of that stuff with our kids who are on Zoom, who are in particular other cities while the other uh, four of us were at home. Uh, meeting, having lunch with my mother every single week. We began to start doing that in January and February. And then, of course, COVID hit. And then, you know, my mom has underlying issues. And so COVID kind of threw a monkey wrench into those particular plans. Uh, I did not reach out to my biological father, not because it was a struggle to do it or any way, shape or form. Uh, I just didn't reach out. Um, so I'm going to carry that one over to 2021. And spend more time with my godchildren, McKenna, uh, Nehemiah, and Autumn. Uh, we were able to accomplish that with two of the three. Um, I have to get around to doing the other one. Um, so I'm going to carry that one over to 2021 as well. So you don't have to check every single box. 
You just have to get a framework of what you want to do in order to better yourself in this particular line item in your life. Um, so that's the family portion of where we at. Now, I hit 50% on that. We did four of them. Um, we didn't hit four of them. So I'm going to carry three of those from the family over to 2021 and then add another couple of dynamics um, with the family portion as well. So the first one was spiritually. The second one is family. The third one is intellectually. And under this particular um, uh, thing in my life, I have the mind is everything. What you think is what you become. So intellectually, I wanted to get better. And so I put together quite an extensive lift. I got one, two, three, four. I got seven bullet points and then I have six sub bullet points under those points. So intellectually, I wanted to get better this year. Uh, and under that subheading, I got the mind is everything, what you think, what you become. This year, I wanted to read at least six books. And those six books are one, Get Out of Your Own Head by Gary John Bishop. Uh, two, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Three, Think Rich, Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Four, The Art of Reading People by Richard Martin. Five, The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. Six, The Atomic Habits by John Clear. Um, so I wanted to read at least six books this year um, intellectually to power this big muscle called the brain. Uh, secondly, I wanted to go back to school to CBS and or Rice University, uh, go back to Rice to go back for my uh, to fulfill my philanthropy degree or go back to CBS and get some additional training. Um, intellectually, what I also wanted to do is watch less television this year. Uh, watch less television this year. And um, in parentheses, I got uh, max is eight hours of TV per week. That's what I wanted to. That was my goal. Watch at least uh, at the very maximum on the high end, eight hours of TV per week. And then a subheading to that was to replace television time with reading and meditation. Uh, thirdly, I wanted to increase the memorization of scripture. Uh, fourthly, I wanted to uh, have personal 15 minutes of complete quiet time alone. Have 15 minutes by myself alone. And then the last thing that I wanted to do is to do daily 10 minute brain exercises every single day. This is not a plug for this particular app, but it is a wonderful app. It's called the Calm app. And, and I use this every single day. Again, it's not a plug. They're not paying us any money. But if you want to, you can, there's ways that you can do that. And I'll put your brand on there. So I'm not advertising it. I'm just saying it is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful app in daily meditation and quiet time and increase the brain activities of your mind. So out of those particular um, six sub points that I have in intellectually, I was able to do um, all six of them, actually. Um, I was able to read those six books, um, and I highly recommend them. Uh, Get Out of Your Own Head is an absolute phenomenal book uh, because that's where most of the problems for most of us happen is in our own mind. Uh, the Art of Reading People is a wonderful book, um, especially if you are in public uh, life where you have to engage people in conversation uh, every day. Uh, it is a wonderful book. The Five Second Rule is a wonderful book. 
by Mel Robbins, which basically says that in the first five minutes of decision making, that is the most critical time to make a decision. If you haven't made a decision within the first five minutes, it is because your brain registers that particular decision as a danger and then will supplement fear, which will cause you not to do it. And then the last one, James Clear wrote a book about atomic habits and atomic habits is a wonderful book for anybody to read because we are creatures of habit. It takes 90 days to establish a new habit. And once the, uh, a 90 day rule happens, once the habit gets established in our brain, the brain solidifies that habit every single day. And it is very difficult to stop doing a habit. Now, think about this. We've been in COVID-19 and restrictions for more than 90 days. So now we are into a habit. So the likelihood of going back to a norm is going to be slim to none because it's going to be very difficult to break the habits that have been placed, uh, put in place. The book Atomic Habits is a wonderful book to read, which will help you to understand why you do some of the things that you do. Um, go back to school to Rice University. I've actually committed to the online course. Um, I'm actually in another course right now, uh, and I don't want to put that name out there, uh, but I'm actually in school for another course right now. So I've been able to go back to school on that regard and fulfill that particular portion. I have been able to greatly curve TV watching, um, and the freedom that that gives your mind is astounding. The, the clarity of thought when you don't have all of these other competing voices in your head is phenomenal. TV, you need to learn to turn off the television. That's exactly what it is. It's the television. It's full of hell itself. And take that time and replace it with some quiet meditation and memoriz uh, memorization of scriptures. I've been able to personally uh, commit 15 minutes of complete quiet time. Usually what I like to do in quiet time is is kind of a misnomer. Uh, there's some quiet time. I like to listen to jazz. Um, I love instrumental music. I mean, I like the, the music with the words. That's wonderful. But I like jazz. Um, uh, I even like Christian jazz. Um, it, it, it just has a way of calming me. So it takes me about 13 minutes uh, depending on how I'm driving, actually, uh, to get from my house to the office. So about 13 to 15 minutes of dry time, I typically use that time to kind of, you know, settle my spirit a little bit, kind of ease the mind before I actually walk into the office. And then I've been able to do the daily 10-minute brain exercise with the Calm app. Uh, so the intellectual part has been greatly fulfilling to me um, because I've been able to accomplish a lot of those particular um, things that I set out to do. So those are the three. Spiritually, I wanted to grow in fellowship with God and increase my daily time in prayer. Um, we were able to do four of those, missed out on three. We're going to carry, carry a couple of those over to the next one. Family, forsake not the family for ministry. I've uh, been able of doing 50% of that one. Going to take three of those four over to the new year. Uh, intellectually, did good on that. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with the whole COVID uh, lockdown thing that um, we were not able to go a lot of different places this year. So we were able to kind of read a lot more books than what we were able to do in the past. Um, and so if the mind is everything, what you think is what you become. So those are those first three. The next one is professionally, professionally. 
Uh, so the fourth segment of my life is professionally. I have a professional uh, life. I have a professional career. And under that I have, it is better to fail in originality than to succeed in intimidation. Um, and so what I mean by that is I wanted to give my all in my professional life, in, in, in my professional career. And so one of the things that I have here, I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I have 11 uh, ways that I put down professionally to help me to um, be successful in my professional career. And the first one that I have as the executive pastor here at the Church of Bethel Family was to increase the financial capacity of Bethel's Family Church. Uh, so as a professional, as an executive pastor, one of my first things that I put under there was to increase the financial capacity of the church at Bethel's family. Secondly, it was to train associate ministers in spiritual disciplines and in church protocols. Thirdly, to increase my network of business professionals for the advancement of Bethel's family. Fourthly, was to start a, uh, to start a podcast and weekly Bible study via Facebook, Twitter, and, and, and Instagram. Fifthly, was to begin writing my new book. Sixthly, was to grow Wednesday night Bible study to an average of over 500 attendees. Uh, seventh, was to engage in a personal handshake of at least 250 people on, sen on Sunday and to be personally engaged on Sunday. Uh, the next one was to give baptisms to at least 500 by year's end. Uh, seven, uh, excuse me, ninth was to assist in a way to complete the project at St. John's Church. Uh, the tenth one was to complete the children's ministry playground area. And then the last one was to engage uh, in FCA in Living Waters uh, on, on my boardroom uh, responsibilities at a higher level. So professionally, this is what I wanted to do. And I put these particular sub points down there. Now, we hit five of the 11. A lot of these five of the 11 had a lot to do with the COVID restrictions. So to increase the financial capacity here at the Church of Bethel's family, uh, I praise God for Pastor August and his diligent work and how he leads this particular ministry as a senior pastor. Uh, praise God for our pastor. I always publicly acknowledge him. Uh, I am blessed and fortunate and honored to serve here on staff under his leadership at the Church of the Beth uh, Bethel's family. And God has been extremely good um, to the Church of Bethel's family. And God has kept his hand over this particular ministry. To God be the glory. Uh, to train the associate ministers in spiritual disciplines and church protocols, um, we have some things in place right now to we're taking all of those ministers uh, who have a calling here at the Church of Bethel's family or who have come from other ministries under another particular pastor to learn about what we do here at the Church of Bethel's family in spiritual disciplines and protocols. So we're going to carry that one over to 2021. I have increased my network of business professionals, um, so we are doing that in a great way in Zoom meetings and uh, other things that we do uh, professionally and network-wise. I love to network everybody. I would love you to drop me into a room full of people that I don't know. I thrive in those environments. It is a wonderful place for me to be in. Uh, I love those types of environments. 
Uh, fourthly, we've been able to start the uh, start the podcast Studio B. Now, remember, we we I wrote this down in in September and began working on this of September of 2019 and solidified it by the second week of 2019. We have been able to start uh, Studio B. It is a weekly podcast. We are doing the weekly Bible studies with the men on Mondays, um, and we do share that on Facebook, Instagram, and IG. And look at that, God has given us a additional platforms uh, with the studio. I have begun to write my new book um, that is probably about 25% done. I'm praying I'm going to carry that over to 2021 to prayerfully have that done um, by 2021. Uh, we did complete the first one, Blessed Beyond Borders, uh, which was a publication that came out uh, last year, and I praise God for that. It came out in January of 2019, um, so that was a phenomenal book. It did very, very well. Thank you for all of those who supported it. Uh, the Wednesday night Bible study, um, we were not able to increase that to 500 attendees because we went to a virtual service. So what we simply do is a 12 o'clock Bible study hosted by Pastor August at noonday. We simply run that at the seven o'clock hour in this particular season. And so we haven't been able to increase the membership of the Wednesday night Bible study um, because of COVID restrictions. And this is even on the same way with shaking at least 250 people's hands on Sunday on Sunday service to engage in personal interaction um, with the people that come to the Church of Bethel's family on Sunday. Y'all know what COVID-19 has done to us in that regard. Uh, the baptisms by at least 500 by the years in. Praise God, we are still baptizing people. People are still going under the water. We just had one last Sunday and the Sunday before the last. So God is doing great things in that regard, but we have not been able to get to that number. So we're simply going to carry that particular goal over to uh, 2021. Uh, St. John's Missionary Baptist Church. Um, we are no longer engaged in that particular product, uh, project. Um, they are doing what they believe God has called for them to do. So we're just going to take that completely off of the map. That will not carry over uh, to the following year. Praise God. Remember, we started working in this on September of 2019, completed it in, in December of 2019. And one of the goals for 2020 was to complete the children's ministry playground area. And if you've not been out to the playground area across the street, it is signed, sealed and delivered. It is state of the art. It is beautiful. It's got a splash pad. It's got a place for the younger kids. It's got a place for the older kids. It's got a soccer field. It's got a picnic area. It's got all the bells and whistles. It is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful playground that, by the way, is paid in full to the tune of $438,000. In the midst of a pandemic, God was able to get that playground complete. And to God belongs all of the praise, the honor and the glory for that. And then the last one I got for professionally was to engage FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and Living Water, uh, which is a water well program that I serve on the board on both of those particular um, uh, organizations at a much higher level. Um, I praise God for FCA as we've been, I was just recently, not recently, but nominated to the executive board. And then I was also on the board of Living Waters as the advisory board. I recently just got put up to the chairman of the 
Advisory Board and then also nominated to the Board of Governance. And so we are operating at a higher level on those particular boards and to God be the glory. So on the professional side, while we didn't check a lot of those boxes, I'm going to carry many of those things over to 2021 because they are attainable. Financially, the one everybody want to hear. This is the fifth segment of my life. Uh, So we got spiritually. I wanted to grow in my fellowship and and, uh, time with God. Uh, Family, forsake not the family for ministry. Intellectually, the mind is everything. What you think is what you become. Professionally, it is better to fail in originality than to succeed in imitation. And then fifthly is financially. Do what you love and the money will follow. Do what you love and the money will follow. Do what you love and the money will follow. So financially, I wanted to put um, a framework in place uh, about my finances and our family finances. Now, I won't go through these in particular because these are personal affirmations in regards to finance, but I have one, two, three, four, five. I have six bullet points of how I wanted to achieve um, this particular goal in finances. Okay. Um, one of the things that I wanted to do, and I'll share this with you, um, is we wanted to tithe. We already tithe 10% of our income. We do that automatically. Uh, we've been doing that for years upon years upon years upon years. But one of the things that I wanted to do in 2020 was to increase the 10 to 15% and do that on a normal basis um, to increase what we give here to the Church of Bethel's family. Um, We wanted to do some additional investments in our 401k, our Roth, our IRA, and some stock accounts. Uh, So we wanted to do that. Um, We also wanted to do some things in regards to some home renovation. So I have all of these things on my financial list of what I wanted to do in 2020. And that's one, two, three, four, five, six. Out of the six that I put on there, we achieved two of those. So we're carrying four of those, all four of those, over to 2021. And those are attainable goals. Those are very, very attainable, attainable, attainable goals. And I want to encourage you here, if you're watching this and you're thinking about what does 2021 look like for you, I'm not telling you to put things down concretely that they cannot be moved. I'm aiming, I'm asking that you would look at your life and develop a plan for that life and how you want to be better. And then just developing simple strategies about how to get to that end goal. Okay. And so lastly is physically. Um, Physically. um, (laughs) Physically, here's the sub point. Never allow your body to turn on you. If you don't take care of this temple, your body's going to turn on you. Your body's going to turn on you. Um, Listen. This is something that has been uh, on my map for 10 years, ever since I've been doing this. And I constantly roll things over. I thank God that I've been able to do better with a few of these this year, even in the midst of COVID-19. But physically is one that is very, very important because um, if your body betrays you, No matter how much you want to serve God, your body will put limitations on what you can do for God. It's it's just facts, y'all. You know, if you don't take care of your body, your body will turn on you. 
There's just certain things that your body cannot handle. And so we as Christians have got to get out of this mindset of destroying the temple, not taking care of the temple, but in the same sense, talking about we're taking care of our spiritual bodies. No, you can't do that. This is the body that the spirit resides in. So we got to take care of it. And so I said under this last subheading, it's never allow your body to turn on you. What I wanted to do in 2020 was lose 30 pounds. Right now, I am at 186. That's how much I weigh right now. I'm all of five foot five on a good day. I can't weigh 186. Now, I carry weight well, so, um, you know, uh, you know, it's more cushion for the pushing. <laughs> but I can't be 186 to five foot five. Right. So I want to get down to around 160, 165 lean cut. OK, I don't want to carry excess weight around uh, because it's just not healthy. It's not healthy for your bones. It's not healthy, healthy for your joints. It's not healthy for your body as your heart has to push additional blood through your body. Right. It's making your heart work a whole lot harder than what it needs to. Secondly, I said I want to reduce red meats and fried foods. I got to stop with the chicken, stop with the eating out. Um, as I shared with the guys, the, the men's night Bible study, um, nobody is going to raise their hand and say McDonald's has good food. McDonald's is a food of convenience. That's why we get it. We've been gone all day. We've been busy all day. And it is five o'clock, six o'clock. We're on our way home. And before you know it, we haven't eaten anything. And we just happen to be driving by a McDonald's. And so it's nothing for us to make that right or that left turn in there and to grab, you know, a nugget meal or whatever it may be. But McDonald's is not a good food. It is a food of convenience. And those particular foods are are chock full of saturated fats and oils and stuff that does damage to our body, clogs up our arteries so that our organs have to work double time to do what it normally does. And so one of the things that I've committed to do was to reduce red meat and my fried foods. I got to reduce going out. I got to reduce getting all these foods on the fly. Okay, you just got to reduce it. One of the things that I've been doing and praise God for it is that I've been replacing a lot of these fast food joints like Chick-fil-A and Cane's and McDonald's and all this other stuff. And I've been going by Subway. Now, Subway still has the breads, which has the starches, but they've also got a couple of different options like salads. They've got wheat breads. They got a whole lot of different options that will fill your belly without putting all that other stuff in there. Now, again, that's not a shout out to Subway and not advertising them in any way, shape or form. Um, but it is a good alternative. Now, here's a big one for me, and I'm going to lay down on the on the altar and freely the, admit this to the audience of Studio B. Number three is I got to increase my water intake and decrease sodas. I love Dr. Peppers. Oh, my gosh. I love them. Oh, I look to the hills from which cometh my help. All of my help comes from the Lord. I love a chilled Dr. Pepper. I like to I like to get a Dr. Pepper, stick it in the freezer for about 45 minutes until it begins to get just a little bit slushy, not all the way frozen. Then crack that joke open. It is a wonderful experience. I love sodas. <laughs> and this guy told me, he said, well, Pastor Holman, if you like sodas that much, just go grab you a bag of sugar, get you a spoon and just start eating sugar. 
Like, what are you talking about? He said, man, because every time you drink one of them sodas, you're drinking about 25, 30 grams of sugar. And that, that sugar is going straight to your stomach. And it does not pass go. But I have to, I have to discipline myself. This is good for me. He said, anything that you can't see through is not good for you. <laughs> if you can't see through it, it's not good for you. Right? So water is good for me. And so I have to drink more of it. Y'all, it's been a struggle for me. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, it's two things that I do. First thing, I, I drink coffee every morning. I'm an avid coffee drinker. Um, I drink at least two cups of coffee a day before you stone me. Coffee has some medicinal benefits. Okay, but but it's not good. I understand that every single day. And then I also will knock down. Man, I, even as I'm getting ready to say this, I'm convicted. Oh, my gosh. Um, at least two sodas a day. Oh, my goodness. So I drink two cups of coffee and two sodas a day. And, y'all, I've had this bottle of water since yesterday. I hate to say that. I hate to say that. I had this since yesterday. I got this when I went into the store. And I was convicted. And so I bought it. And look how much of it I done drunk. I'm going to drink the rest of it by the day, y'all. I'm, I'm really convicted right now. But I have to decrease my soda intake. Because it's not good for me. It's just not good for me. Um, and so I said I got to increase my water intake and decrease my soda intake. And then fifthly, I said I got to work out at least two to three times a week. And here's what I said. I need to ride, ride a bike, treadmill, or do an elliptical. I have to get busy. I have to walk. Um, tracking it by my watch. Um, doing some things that will get help me to get active. Uh, I'm in a, an industry where, you know, I use I use utilize a lot of brain power. So, you know, by the end of the day, I'm mentally exhausted. Uh, but I also got to exert some physical power in that as well to make sure that all things are lining up. And then lastly, for physically, I got to eat more vegetables and fruit. I got to have cleaner eating, cleaner eating. OK, I got to eat better. I got to eat better. Anybody that is a uh, physical trainer that may be watching right now, he's going to tell you or she's going to tell you that eating is 90 percent of the battle. What you put in your body is 90 percent of the battle that we have with our bodies, whether that's overweight, whether that's uh, diseases or, or things that afflict us. 90 percent of that battle is what we put in our bodies. And so when we learn how to eat better and, and eat cleaner foods, we can get rid of a whole lot of the stuff that is ailing us. And especially in the African-American community, uh, diabetes um, can be remedied with a whole lot of green vegetables. Right. Because it cleans us out. We need stuff that cleans out our arteries and cleans out our systems. Right. And that is done by eating more vegetables and fruits and more cleaner eating. And so that's what I have for physically. And as I look at this, let me see here. I didn't lose 30 pounds. I lost seven. I have reduced fried foods. Um, I haven't reduced it as much as I need to. I confess to you about the soda. Uh, working out, I do work out, let's say twice a week. I have a treadmill in my garage, an elliptical in my garage. Um, so I try to hit that um, a couple of times out of the week. Um, my son walks about four miles a day. I've been trying to get in tune with that a couple of times out of the week. 
And then I have been eating more vegetables and more fruit. Um, vegetables, uh, bananas and fruits, I've been doing a good job at. Uh, it's easy to eat, you know, bananas and, and strawberries and grapes and all the good stuff and oranges. Um, the kale, the cabbage, and yeah, it's different. But I, I'm doing a better job, cleaner eating. So I'm going to carry um, a few of these over to 2021 and continue to work in those areas. And so that's what the map looks like. It looks like uh, spiritually, family, intellectually, professionally, financially, and physically. Those are the six areas of my life that I've identified. You get to identify whatever areas you see fit. And the scripture that I put for the overall scripture of it is Psalms 112, where it says, Praise the Lord, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth and the generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. So that is the scripture that God gave me to wrap all of this together. Now, lastly, what I want to add, what I want to tell you is I put a small prayer at the bottom of this. And here's what it reads. And I'm going to read it verbatim to you. It says, God, I pray that what I believe is in accordance to the will that you have for my life. Take, add, or redirect me so that I am in line with your purpose. Please protect and prosper my family and keep us close to you, O Lord. I love you and desire to please you with my life. Take all bitterness, worry, doubt, and mistrust away from me. Please bring people and or allow people to be in my life that will help me in my quest to serve you. In Jesus name. Amen. So that is a master action plan. And everybody in my family, my wife, uh, me, my wife, Jay, uh, Junior, Vinchelle, Markayla, Faith. Um, I'm even trying to get the dog to do one. Everybody does a master action plan. And so we get down at the table around the first, second week of January and we look at each other's master action plan. And by looking at it, what it does is create accountability. And so I'm able to say to my wife or to my children, how are you doing in that area of your life? They're able to say to me when they see me grabbing that Dr. Pepper, Daddy. And I still grab it, but they're able to hold me accountable to it. So a master action plan is a wonderful tool to use. And again, apart from all the 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 New Year's resolutions that everybody's going to say on January or excuse me, on December the 31st, everybody's going to be inundated with what they want to do for the following year. But you don't have a plan in place in order to achieve those things. A master action plan, a map helps you to do that. It is a great tool. It is a wonderful tool and it is a tool that can help your family. So that's just a little bit about how we do it. I pray that you can take some um, some um, principles from that and apply that in your own life. Um, um, th there's a template 
Um, if there's a way that you can get in touch with me, of course you can. I'll be happy to uh, email you or send you a template about how to get that done. But it's a very easy process about going into your prayer closet, discovering areas in your life that you want to get better at, and then saying, God, this is where I want to get better at. Give me a plan and procedures and principles to help me get better in these particular areas. And I promise you that God will help you in those ways. So everybody, I want to thank you again for joining us here on the set of Studio B. God is a good God. God is faithful. He is just. Uh, 2020 is getting ready to come and go. You're going to be on the brink of a brand new year, a brand new set of days, a whole new set of opportunities, and also a whole new set of challenges. God has been with us. God has kept us. His mercy and his uh, grace has endured. God has been good to us. And so no matter where you are right now, lift up your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. You brought me through 2020. You brought me through all of this stuff that we've had to deal with. And your word has again proven itself to be true. Remember where you're watching us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, like, follow, and subscribe. Go to any place that you get your podcast, search for Studio B Podcast, and make sure that you subscribe to that as well. To everybody, we love you, and we will see you next year. God bless you.